Good day to you, and welcome to Fascinating. I am your host, Rick, from Planet Vulcan. My continuing mission on planet Earth, to search for signs of intelligence and to encourage its spread. In this installment, contributing editor Smirky McSmugface lays out the argument in favor of income redistribution. Contributing editor Mahalo Kumela responds to Smirky's essay by proposing an addition to the growing class of aggrieved victims on whose behalf we must create a redistribution. Smirky writes, Everything belongs to everybody. As Lewis Mumford put it so succinctly long ago, and so many have argued since, production is a collective enterprise, and there is simply no reason to think that anyone contributes more to the enterprise than anyone else. Higher compensation is at best a matter of luck, and at worst a crime. Everyone is entitled to a fair share, which means an equal share of the national income. And, of course, anyone who means well understands that reaching this goal calls for a transformation of society so that something at least resembling equality is implemented by means of intelligent design and construction and compassionate control. Mahalo writes, All of us have heard plenty about those who are not receiving their fair share of the national income. The proposal to intervene on such people's behalf and to transfer income their way sets that equality results as open to my eyes. I now can see that other problems can be remedied in the same manner. For example, it has come to my attention recently that there is a large group of American men who are not receiving their fair share of the national love. I am speaking, of course, of bald men, especially bald white men. White men are not the only victims, of course, but it is especially tough on them. Men of most other ethnicities can shave their heads if they have grown taller than their hair, and they then at least look okay. But a white man who shaves his head usually looks like someone who has just had chemotherapy. Head shaving for a white man is frequently not a feasible option on that account. The evidence for baldism is largely anecdotal, but overwhelmingly clear in its conclusion. The advances of bald men at almost any age are rejected by women at a far greater rate than the advances of men with good heads of hair. And likewise, women are less likely to hit on a bald man. So here is a modest proposal for dealing with this gross injustice, modeled on the proposals for income redistribution. An effective remedy for this gross inequity would be conscription. Single women would be drafted and required to have sex with bald men, such that these unfortunate males achieve something resembling equality with their more tonsorially advantaged brethren. After all, isn't, isn't it really just a matter of luck that some men have good hair and others don't? Why should the Prince Charmings of the world reap most of the rewards just because women have evolved a sexual preference that favors them?
Married women would, of course, be exempt from the draft. However, we should anticipate that this exemption would create a loophole that women without the proper public spirit might try to use to avoid this essential national service. We would have to create a government agency to police the sham marriages that women would no doubt attempt to enter into to change their status under the law in order to shirk their patriotic duty. This agency would be empowered to disallow any change of status that is not genuine. Women would also have to be prevented from taking their assets offshore. There will be those who will argue that conscription for the purposes of distributing the national love more equitably violates the rights of the women who ought to be able to pick and choose whom they want to have sex with. This argument, of course, just echoes the argument of those who say the same thing about the distribution of national income who believe they ought to be able to pick and choose where their income is spent. And we all know that it is just selfishness on the part of those who initially receive the income. We need to acknowledge that women have no more right to the control of their honeypots than high earners have the right to the control of their pocketbooks. I'm sure if we were to use our imagination... We could think of still other areas of life where the principle of redistribution would apply. For example, we should pass legislation and empower a government agency to ensure that all of the trees in the forest receive the same amount of sunlight. I'm sure you can think of others. Thanks to Smirky and Mahalo for these essays. It occurs to me that Earthlings ought to be grateful to live in this place and time, because here and now, government officials are obliged to create justifications for taking your stuff. In times past, they just took, following the principle that they had the right to do anything to anyone that they couldn't be stopped from doing. You should not expect, of course, ever to be able to either create or evolve a social system that does not have elements analogous to the ways of the natural world. Your society will always have its analog of predators, its analog of parasites, and its analog of symbiotes. The long arc of your civilization seems to be leading to a society in which more and more people understand not only the possibility of symbiosis, but also understand the huge advantages, both in nature and society, produced by symbiotes. You see symbiosis everywhere once you begin looking for it. I invite you to have a listen to the next installment of Fascinating. Please provide feedback to these podcasts if you are so inclined. You may contact me by sending an email to Senior Contributing Editor Prego Denada, pregodenada at gmail.com. Live long and prosper. <laughs>